Hey everyone, this is PJ and we're picking up on our daily podcast and this is daily podcast number 32. Uh, As I mentioned um, uh, for you guys on Facebook, I wanted to take uh, today and perhaps even the next couple of days to follow up on what we shared about on Sunday and that is uh, God's gift of His Sabbath rest to us. And if you haven't heard that message where we basically look at the Uh, biblical story of rest and God's gift of his rest for all of his people from Genesis to Revelation. Uh, Please go and uh, listen to that or watch the the sermon video for that because that's where you get the principle of Sabbath rest. And going from the principles now, what I want to do is take some time to discuss the practicals of Sabbath rest because um, even if you agree that as Christians we have to observe Sabbath rest today, And that's not something that's outdated. It's not something that we've somehow graduated from, but it's something that still pertains to us today and we have to obey it. How to do so and what that looks like in 2020, um, you know, in in the United States of America in uh, having the nine to five life or having the the graduate student life, having the mommy, daddy life, uh, it can be a challenge. And I just want to begin this dialogue where uh, we can narrow in on uh, the different aspects of the the practicing of Sabbath rest. And today I just want to narrow in on two main things, two key things, and then tomorrow we can consider two uh, um, additional things. Uh, but let's take take it two at a time, and I want to encourage you to try to practice this in your in your own life by planning it and then uh, executing it uh, in your context. First thing I want to encourage you guys to do as you press into Sabbath rest is to take some time for just pure inactivity, okay? Uh, Most people, um, they really need time uh, on a weekly basis to do unplanned, unstructured uh, things and uh, things that are restful. You can do literally whatever you feel like during this time. What you want to avoid on your Sabbath day or during your Sabbath time is fill it with just um, busy activities. And and that could actually include things that are not work-related, right? Uh, That can include play. That can include spending time with friends or family on Zoom. Uh, It could be ministry-related things. Um, But... That's not necessarily going to be restful for everyone. Um, And it can still feel very active. And it can still uh, draw out a lot of energy from you. It can actually feel draining by the end of that time. But if you recall what we discussed about Leviticus 25, how God had commanded a Sabbath year, um, and during that cycle you leave your field um, untouched. You don't plant anything. You don't harvest anything for a whole year. And of course, what that also did is uh, it it let the land sort of restore itself, uh, restore the nutrients and um, keep it from being over farmed and, um, and therefore depleted. So during that year, whatever God would allow to, to surface, well, allow to grow from it, that's what would grow from it. And, of course, God had provided uh, His people everything that they needed uh, during that year as well. So, 
if we were to apply that principle to our lives, um, I think that encourages us to have some unscheduled time, right? So a chunk of time where you really have nothing on there and you have no duties or obligations and you've set aside that time. You're not um, burdened by sort of uh, the, the work hours or um, parent duties and things like that. But during that time, you are on your own, um, able to be inactive, as inactive as you want, and just let whatever comes up, whatever your heart is drawn to do, your mind is drawn to do, your desire is drawn to, to do that thing. Okay, so um, schedule some time for inactive things. Things that you are, you're going to be naturally just drawn to do in that moment. That's not going to be a burden on you. It's not going to be you, you exerting a lot of energy to, to uh, do work or even help someone. But this is for sheer inactivity. And um, yeah, sometimes that could mean you're drawn to uh, read the Bible. You're drawn to watch a movie. You're drawn to go take a walk, take a nap. Uh, to simply stand outside on your, your balcony for a little bit. It could mean a host of things, uh, but for each individual, what I hope you would consider is, okay, this is really relaxing for me, restful for me, because I'm not exerting anything. I'm, I'm, seizing, I'm seizing from work, uh, which is what Sabbath literally means, to, to come to a rest, to come to a stop. So that's the first principle, and here's the second principle I want to encourage you guys, or I should say practice, I want to encourage you guys to consider. And that is to take some time for non-vocational activity. Okay, so a non-vocational activity is something that is just pleasing, that is just fun, uh, pure on a purely just um, a personal preference basis, okay? And it doesn't require your... Uh, being good at it, it doesn't require you to succeed at it, okay? Um, all, all you're doing is trying to enjoy your, yourself, okay? And um, a lot of times, um, these non-vocational things, other people could be doing as a vocation. So, it's again, it's a subjective thing, um, but you are trying here to pursue something that is pleasurable for you and fun for you. Uh, that God has gifted you with and God wants you to enjoy. And sometimes we're just too busy to consider all the gifts that God has given us to enjoy and we just haven't set aside our time uh, to enjoy that and in that fellowship with God even. And so uh, you're, uh, the practice here is to pursue something intentional, unlike the, the first practice where you have no pursuit whatsoever. It's just whatever comes up, you, you feel like doing, you do. But here, you are planning a little bit, but it's got to be something non-vocational, okay, for you. Now, um, during this time, you can do intentional reflections. So uh, I think prayer and worship can be a very critical part of this. Okay, that's, that's non-vocational activity. Although we did say uh, in, on a spiritual level, Okay, the ultimate vocation of, in, of a human being, of course, is to worship God. And, and the reason is because uh, for God, I mean, the vocation he gives us ultimately is to rest in him. Right? So there's like some weird, ironic use of the word vocational there. Because unlike the world, 
when God calls us to uh, His vocation, it's ultimately for our rest. Uh, in the world, however, we have to succeed and measure up and you know, uh, strive to please the people in our workplace and all those things. And vocation can sound like a burden, uh, unlike God's Sabbath rest and His call to worship Him. So here you have your prayer and worship as a critical part of your, your Sabbath rest. Uh, so regular time of worship is, is important. And then in addition to that, your personal time of devotion, uh, reflecting on the sermon and applying it to your personal life and context, uh, meditating on scripture, and uh, perhaps listening to other sermons. Um, this gives you spiritual replenishment uh, so that you are ready, in a sense, to face the, the, just the exhausting demands of everyday life. So that's reflection. And the, and the second is recreation. Um, some old school Christians uh, called the Puritans were skeptical of whether recreations would be um, counted as Sabbath rest because, um, yeah, recreational activity sometimes can be, can, can be very exhausting, right? Depending on how much energy you exert. And so we do have to be watchful there because they do have a good point because you don't want to somehow... Well, you don't want to like go to the gym for six hours on your Sabbath rest and just feel feel just absolutely drained rather than rested. So a good measure, a self-controlled measure of recreation is still biblical and consistent with Sabbath rest. So what would that be for you? What would be a good recreational activity for you and or your family uh, that can be restful, replenishing, and just give you a lot of joy in partaking in? And the third kind of non-vocational activity that uh, I'm going to encourage you guys to practice is creative activity. So um, here, in a sense, I want to use the word creational. Not recreational, but creational. Something that's creative. And that is because creativity is something that is very much a part of God's nature and character. He's a very creative God. Um, the, the very first um, attribute, in a sense, we see of God is His creativity. And um, we are created in His image. And so there's something very refreshing and energizing about the act of creation. Something that you participate in that is artistic or aesthetic. Um, and it, it could be something that you actively create. It could be something that you enjoy from someone else's creation. And of course, there's God's creation that you can enjoy outdoors, um, just enjoying God's nature, for example. Uh, taking a walk and noticing the things that you haven't noticed before. Uh, taking in deep breaths uh, as, you, as you just feel the, the, the sunlight and the breeze. Um, and that could be a very restful thing. Um, and you can, while you do that, read uh, an, a, a creational or, or creatively pleasing book. It could be a a series of poetry by Emily Dickinson. It could be a uh, book by C.S. Lewis. It could be uh, a novel by George MacDonald. There could be a host of things that you can participate in um, uh, as you are outside. That's aesthetic, that's artistic and creative, uh, creative. And it could also mean that you take time to enjoy music. Um, I, I can tell you right now, music has been a... Uh, a regular go-to for me when it comes to non-vocational activity. I am 
I'm really uh, praising God for all the music I'm able to enjoy and uh, music really helps me uh, when I feel uh, uneasy or anxious. Uh, and then there's drama, the, the, the art of storytelling uh, that you can enjoy through books or through a TV show or through movies. And of course, you want to be careful of um, not uh, binging or, or not um, becoming overly indulgent or not, being, not filtering uh, things there so that your conscience is not compromised as you try to fellowship with God and try to remain in a uh, worshipful heart. But at the same time, and maybe this is a separate podcast, but um, there's a sense in which you can watch something that is quote-unquote secular and still from that enjoy uh, reflections of God's image because even those people who created those very things were created in the image of God. And through God's common grace to all humankind, all humanity, uh, we can still see reflections despite their unbelief, see reflections of God in what they present to us. And on another level, uh, culture really tells a story through these means and what we do when we engage with, with these cultural things, whether it's music or movies, is we, we see where our culture is. We see how we can engage with them missionally. And so it can really enhance our missional understanding as well because we are called not to be of the world, but we have to be in the world. And so that means we do have to be exposed to some level of what our culture is telling us and so that we can effectively address that as a people of God. And of course, I didn't mention the, the visual art. There's a, uh, of course, uh, even though we can't walk physically into a museum right now, uh, there are a visual artistry that you can enjoy on, on, on the big screen or on your computer. Um, and that could be on YouTube, uh, where somebody actually does some live painting, uh, or it could be watching a TV show like a, a Chef's Table, which is incredibly artistic. Visually speaking, it's incredibly uh, beautiful to look at, and the artistry there is just simply amazing. Um, and even better yet, uh, painting things yourself, just trying to draw things yourself, create things yourself that's artistic is very restful as well. And you're not trying to be impressive. You're not trying to uh, win an award for it or something like that because that makes it work. That, make, can, that can actually make it kind of stressful. But when you're simply creating something for the sake of creativity, exercising your creativity, that can be very uh, restful and it's between you and God and, and perhaps you and the people nearest to you, think of my children drawing things for me, right? They want me to see it and enjoy it and delight in it. And I do stick it on the fridge and um, I tell them how much I enjoy it. But it's not like they're trying to uh, end up drawing something that ends up in the Louvre or something like that. Uh, it's for their personal enjoyment and their family's enjoyment. And that can be very enjoyable and restful as well. And cooking, uh, speaking of which, cooking is definitely one non-vocational and uh, creative activity as well. You know, I know that some of you have trying, been trying to cook up new recipes because you're home a little bit more. And that's something definitely worth looking into. You know, grocery stores are open for us to access. So pick up some new recipes and new ingredients and, um, and cook, cook a new meal. And uh, God has given us uh, incredible taste buds to 
enjoy uh, what he has created and um, and God has also declared all foods clean, right? Uh, Mark seven nineteen. And so, depending on our uh, access and um, capacity, and our convictions and conscience, and all these things, we can. There's a host of things we can enjoy. So, definitely something to tap into. Um, definitely look into that as well. All right. So that's two big things that I, I hope we can try to pursue. And you know, I think it'd be great if in our community group, kind of share some thoughts or ideas. And what would for be, for you be uh, a pure inactivity uh, thing, and then another non-vocational thing for you to pursue during this season? And uh, you know, this is something that is not going to be uh, something that we just need during the shelter in place. But um, this practice ought to be something consistent, something that extends from now beyond, even when we are going to be physically gathering at church and whatnot. So, yeah, let's try to begin. Uh, this process. And through this, okay, I want to encourage you to really remember that every good and perfect gift comes from our Heavenly Father, from the Father of Lights. And this is not a season to somehow be deprived of that. This, I think more than ever before, you have to press into this. Uh, you, you don't have to feel as though, and I don't think people think this, but I think subconsciously they can feel this way, that because there's so much death and suffering around us, it is wrongful of me uh, to try to enjoy life. In fact, I think the the more biblical and Christian approach to this is to be like the prophet uh, in Lamentation, who was a prophet of grief and lament, and yet at the same time who held on to the steadfast love of the Lord which never ceases, His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul, therefore I will hope in Him. And so the exercise and the experiencing of God's new mercies every morning and His faithfulness every day and the hope we have in Him becomes experiential and tangible as we press into Sabbath rest, as we press into some of these activities that we discussed. So... Uh, give yourself permission to to rest and, and know that God is pleased in that. Um, there is a place for crying, for groaning, for weeping, for praying, for fasting. There's also a place for hoping, uh, for delighting, for rejoicing, and for tasting and seeing uh, that God is good. So let's be a balanced people. Let's be a biblical people. And let's continue to pursue, even through this restless season, uh, the Sabbath rest of God.